Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Be a Dreamcatcher podcast. I'm your host, Jessie Lynn, and sitting down today with me is a very special guest. Y'all, when I say he has done everything and anything, it's the truth, and it is truly the gospel truth, and we'll talk about that, getting into some gospel music and all of that, but I am so excited to bring uh, to the table uh, Mr. Vince Pinkerton. How are you today? I'm doing good, Jesse. Thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate the invitation. Well, thank you for coming on. I greatly appreciate it. Okay, let's get down to the business here because your bio and your accolades, who you've worked with, what you work on, what you do. You just showed me this extensive uh, catalog of actual, okay, folks, VHS tapes, and then also the actual quarter tapes back in the day, way before way digital was there. even yeah. thought about. Tell, <laughs> Just tell everybody what you do, and how did you get into this business? Okay, well, currently, um, I run a company called Pinkerton Productions. I've been doing that since 2011. Uh, the last eight years, our main job has been overseeing video and television production um, for HTI Music and uh, a couple of other groups that are all owned by a gentleman named Harrison Tyner. Uh, he contracts us out to handle basically all the, the video end of the businesses that he runs. So where that has us is we do music videos for the artists on his label. Uh, we oversee operations, at least as far as the, the physical programming, of a streaming service called Entertainment Television, or ETV. Uh, gosh, and under ETV, we are digitizing classic programming. We are doing film restoration work. We run a studio that we produce original programming in. Uh, we have a show on RFD called Pearly's Place uh, with Pearly Curtis that's in production. We have a show called My Gospel Music with Bill Trailer that's in production. We just finished up a show called Cheyenne Country for about, we did about six seasons on that, and that was um, syndicated all over the world. It was across the United States. Uh, it was in Europe. It was in Australia. Uh, so, like I said, we ended that after about six seasons. Right. Uh, so we're, we're kind of a little busy. Yeah, just a little bit. Needless to say, it doesn't sound like COVID slowed you guys down any, but... No, it really didn't, which is surprising, but it, it didn't. We just found other things to do. Hey, sometimes that's the, that's the only way you can go about it. Yeah, we were coming through the studio and you were showing me um, the awesome studio that you guys have here, um, the green screen room and all of this, and then where you work on the video editing and... I know enough to be dangerous, not near enough, probably, as to what you know. Well, no, people may say the same thing about me. So. Oh, well, you know, there's there's that fine line between knowing enough to be in danger than actually knowing what you're doing. And uh, I, I'm just good enough for the basic editing. It's just, yeah, nothing fancy. And, yeah, we're sitting here talking by frame by frame. And, you know, I, it's just, that's insane. Yeah, on the film restoration, it, that's, that's something. That's something new to me. I've only been working on that for about a year, and I'm still learning. Right. Uh, this massive program by a company out of Germany called Diamante Film Restoration Software. Wow. That, um, for if the closest thing you can compare it to is Photoshop for video. There you go. I mean, that's that's really what it gets down to. But uh, at at some point, you are walking through a movie frame by frame. Wow. Touching up little dust spots, dirt spots, scratches. 
That is uh, insane. Yeah, it's it's intense. That is intense. I definitely can't have any ADD on that one. No. So <laughs> you have to be very patient. So you have all of these amazing things going. And, of course, HT, who we've talked about and, and had the uh, pleasure of meeting, HT and you guys kind of go way back a little bit. We go back about eight years at this point. Okay, um, so we're pushing on. To, to give you how that worked, uh, I was hired by another company to oversee a production on a music video by a guy named Rich Price. Um, he's a Western singer out of um, outside of San Francisco, California, uh, that's on HT's label. But he was doing the, the music video here in town. Um, a production company that I freelanced for was hired to do that. And I was brought in as production manager. Myself and my crew of about three or four other people came in to shoot that video and do the editing on it. Um, the gentleman who ran that company, and I won't give names because I love him to death, but um, he didn't hold up his end a lot. Right. And ended up not making friends on that shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, so when that was all said and done, um, HT gave me a call and said, I want to, want to take you to lunch. Let's, let's go have lunch. Okay. Lunch is always lunch great. Lunch is always good. I'll always, always a great it. bribe too. When, when you're, yeah. When you're struggling <laughs> and you're trying to make a buck, lunch is a great opportunity. Yeah. Uh, so I met him and uh, Bill trailer who we do the gospel show with for lunch and they sat down and told me that they were never going to work with that other production company again. That was that was over. Right. They'd had enough. But that they liked what I did and would I be interested in working with them because they had an idea for a show called Cheyenne Country. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. I was just freelancing out to the other company anyway. There was no real... No real... Yeah. Contractual. Right. 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 It, was a, it was a one. Legal mumbo jumbo right. as we I like to call it. I wasn't going to burn any bridges <laughs> by, by helping, you know, taking that on. Right. Um. And HT did something that to this day I respect him for. And uh, I, and since that meeting, I've tried to do the same way with my business dealings. We talked about it. We talked about what he wanted for the show. Mm-hmm. I told him kind of the price range we would be looking at, that we could do it reasonably. And he stuck his hand out for me to shake. And I went to shake his hand, and he said, hang on a minute. And I said, what? He says, if you shake my hand, we're family. He said, and that means you're who I'm going to use for anything going forward. Right. He said, so don't shake my hand unless you're willing to be part of the family. And I'm thinking, Psst, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> this will be oh, one yeah. show. We'll do a season and I'll be moving on. Um, but he stood by his word. Wow. And for, like I say, going on almost eight years now. What a, We what... have been working together and he comes up with ideas. And um, I know you've talked to Myron Nash. He's with this part of this group as well. Uh-huh. Uh, HT comes up with ideas, and we figure <laughs> out how to make them work. <laughs> make it work. Well, for those of y'all listening, Myron has been a sit-in audience before. He's a sit-in audience today as well. Eventually, I think we're just going to put this show live, and we'll actually have a live audience and just do it that way. <laughs> Myron can be your Edmund man. Right, exactly. He's always going to be front and center, so... <laughs> If I have the applause button, you know, pre-programmed, I'd do the applause of one. But no, it's great because, you know, so this podcast is all about catching your dreams. It's all about doing what you love and loving what you do. It's it's um, about waking up every day and going to do what you're passionate about sure. and helping or influencing the lives of others. And I know just from what I barely know about you through Myron and everybody else, your work is extensive and very impressive because um, I did have an opportunity. We we actually met in December when we were uh, on the set of Pearly's Pearly's Place. Place, Y'all were filming and 
production has always fascinated me. That is one thing that I can always say that if I wanted to learn more about an area, it would be that. I love the lights, the sound, the the cool effects that, you know, you can do on a stage or in a production. And I'm, I'm that little geek on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> and so it to me, it was a whole world of just, wow, I'm just sitting here and watching this take place. And it takes an army. It does. To get does. this done. Yeah, we do Pearly's Place with a small army, but it's an army. I mean, we're not... It's an efficient. We're not doing production on the level of of the you know the New York and the and the Los Angeles. It still looks like it though, but but the finished product does. That's what we try. (laughs) That's the ultimate goal. I want to be able to do a small production and make it look like one of the big ones. Right. And uh, I just I'm 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 blessed to have some really great guys that I work with. Uh, My business partner is a guy named Tommy Terry. Uh, We came out of network television here in Nashville together. Right. And then uh, we bring in freelance shooters that we know can do the job. Directors, lighting people. The live truck is a guy that I've worked with for 20 years. And I mean, it's, it's, wow. it's, you develop relationships and friendships in circles. And once you get to those people and you know, you can trust them. Yeah. You know, it's great. You can go in and you can make stuff like this work. Well, and you just brought up a, a, a great point that we can kind of jump in here to, to the importance of when, when you're catching your dreams and you're going for what you want to do, it's not a solo journey oh, absolutely in not. any way shape form or fashion and um some people they'll ask me they're like well how do you do it and i'm like how do i do what um, specify because <laughs> i do a lot <laughs> and so they're like well well how have you done you know this and this and you know all your hard work and all your this that and the other and i'm like okay yeah i may be the spearhead on this particular aspect but there is is a is an army underneath that helps push through the 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 muddled days that get kind of hard and you're just sitting here going what am I doing again <laughs> so the the networking aspect is so important on on getting to where you want to go and it takes time it does and it's huge I yeah mean, that that is such a part of it and part of that also is being able to develop a sense about people right you're going to meet a whole lot of people that I promise you, you don't want to work with. <laughs> yeah. You're going to meet some and go, ew. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you've got to have the, the, the sense about you to be able to, as people come and go in, in your circle, in your life, you've got to be able to look at those and go, okay, this person's a keeper. I need to develop this relationship or look at this person and just go, Run away, uh, yeah. Know, <laughs> good luck. Um, and and the one and the ones that you need to wave at and say bye bye to are the ones that will make you feel like they are the most important human beings you could ever meet in your life. Right. You know, and that's. Um, I had a. Uh, I'm not going to get into too many specifics. I was working on a, what was going to be another syndicated program with a country music artist, um, and we had shot a couple of pilots. It was going pretty well, mm-hmm. and uh, he called me and he said. Uh, I've met this guy. We'll call him Fred. Uh, he said, I met this guy, Fred. And, uh, you know, he's big time. He's big time in the business. He's done all this kind of work. And I want to bring him into the show. I want to work with him. I want to get to know him. And, you know, and just he's going to be great. And he said, I'm going to have him call you. And I got the call and I talked to Fred and um, was turned off by him within two sentences because <laughs> Fred wanted to make sure I knew how important Fred was. Oh, dear Jesus. And, um, <laughs> About a third of the way through the conversation, he goes, now, I've, I've watched the pilot. He said, and, uh, and it's nice. He said, that's the tone of voice. He said, it's nice. It's nice. He goes, but... Um, Red flag. But um, 
don't you think it got a little slow toward the middle? And I said, no. I said, no, really, I don't. I think it's just fine in the middle. And his answer was, huh. And then he stayed for a second. He goes, now, Vince, he said, now, we're all artists. And I know it's hard for an artist to accept that there might be a problem with his art. Oh, my dear Jesus. And I said, I said Fred, stop. Stop. Oh I said, gosh. first off, I'm not an artist. Yeah. I said, I'm not. I'm a TV producer. I take pretty pictures. That's right. what I do. Right. You know, you can be an artist if you want to, but let's get that first. I'm not an artist. I work for a living. Right. I said, so we'll go there. And he said, well, I'm not trying to offend you. And I said, well, it's too bad because you did a real good job. Yeah. And I said, here's the deal. I said, I've done two pilots and I've worked with Mr. So-and-so. So-and-so. Yeah. Um, but he's paid up. He said, We're, I'm, I'm, I'm even. I said, the man doesn't owe me nothing. I said, I'll tell you what. See, it's your show. I said, right now, I'm done. It's your show. Go have fun with it. And he's like, uh, 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 well, uh, but I'm so busy and I'm supposed to go to Brazil. And I said, well, then you and Mr. Mann are going to just have to work out how to do his show around Brazil. Now, there are people that are going to tell you, well, if that show had done well, I gave away a chance to make a lot of money. Right. I could have done very well with that show. Right. But I learned after coming out of network TV that if there are people you don't want to work with them, there is no amount of money that's worth you it. can make that's <laughs> worth putting up with somebody, questioning your own motives, right. questioning their motives. Right. So I walked away from it. That's not saying I'm just Mr. Wonderful and I know how to do this stuff. That's just no, an but- example of, you know... This is a person, he had some credits, he had a little bit of background right. that might could have helped me, Right. but where was he helping me to go? Exactly. Well, one thing I like that you brought up is you stood your ground, and you stood for your craft, what you know you know, and at the same time, I kind of look at that as a, as a case and scenario point of a lot of people today, we're going to say around the age of 40, 50 find themselves in a midlife crisis. They've worked the same job or been at the same places or have job hopped throughout the years and Mm -hmm. still are not happy or unfulfilled. But they do it because they've got a family. They've got to make sure that they provide for the household. That's great. Responsibilities always come first. However, at what point have you sold your soul to the company versus your happiness and your family's happiness? And so that's how I kind of look at that scenario case in point is – that's a great descriptive example of what a company can do. If you're not working a job or you're not doing what makes you happy, there's no amount of money that's going to probably give you that happiness. That's very true. And so I like that perspective on it. I'm glad you brought that up because that's that's important. I worked in network television for the NBC affiliate in Nashville for just under 15 years. Right. I was there and one day I walked in and I didn't have a job anymore. I was the 52nd person to be laid off in three years. Whew. And uh, that was, like I say, it was almost my 15th anniversary. And uh, that was why I started my own business. Yeah. But if they had not laid me off, I would still be there. Right. But I hated it. See. The last five years I was there, I was miserable. Maybe that was the Lord's way of saying, oh, go. <laughs> it was. It was. And we can, we can talk about that, too. I can show you examples of that for the last 40 years. But, um, you know, I... I was earning the money. I was the, the the main breadwinner of the family at that time. Right. Our insurance was through was there. Through them, yeah. I had kids. One that had out of high school. One that was, I think, she was a junior or senior in high school at the time. Right. You know, there was a lot of reasons to put up with the corporate crap. Right. And 
I do believe God came in and kicked me out. He said, you've got other things to do. Right. You know, you can, you can make it at this point. And, uh, you know, I called again, Tommy Terry that I've mentioned, I've worked with, he had left the station of his own on his own account Mm -hmm. about four months before. And I called him. I said, okay, Tommy, I just got canned. I said, uh, you ready to do this? And he said, let's do it. And, you know, he jumped in, he had been doing freelance work for a while. So he had the equipment, he had the the cameras and the lighting and stuff. I had been doing a little bit of freelance editing on the side. So I had the editing equipment. And, uh, at the time when I was put out, um, I was the main commercial producer for that affiliate. So I started making calls, people that I had been working with saying, okay, I'm not there anymore. Come with me. There you go. And, and we were, we were lucky enough that about a dozen of them came over Mm -hmm. and also blessed and lucky enough on my end that because of the way I was let go, I was given a full year severance. Heck yeah. Yeah. So I was able to take a year to build a business. Right. And, you know, we were doing okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I was still working a second job. Um, Tommy was still freelancing out. He still does. But we were doing okay. The bills were getting paid. Right. And it was about within a year of them was when I met with HT and that group. And, I mean, it's a God thing. I was about to say, it is a God thing. And, and, and let's talk about the God thing, because some people don't want to talk about the God thing when it comes to. to dreams and all of this, and, and, and you do. You have, you have to. Because, you know, I, I did an interview earlier in the day, and, and we were talking about these ideas and dreams just don't come out of nowhere. No. They don't just poof appear. It's given to you by somebody or something that's going to help you along the way if you'll let it Mm -hmm. and it's so funny because i think people get wrapped up in and oh this is something i want to do this is something that i want to make happen and and this that and the other which is fine if like you said your motives and your priorities are in the right spot and you've got god at the beginning of that one of my biggest things that i always come in when i'm on the other end of the microphone not not the hosting (laughs) end is you know i'll get that question a lot is you know well what's most important in your life and i'm like well it's god family country career Mm -hmm. i mean it's in that order and it has to be and it's just one of those things of where i've had so many god moments in my life that at 26 years old, I can honestly say there's sometimes I feel like I'm living in a fantasy world because you wake up one day and you're like, did that really just happen the other day? Yes, it did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, here we go. Day marches on. Let's figure this out and let's see how we can recreate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so you did talk about um, when you were let go from the affiliate, because I'm interested now to hear the journey on how you got Pinkerton Production started and... All, all of this. It, honestly, it was that. It was, it a was phone that, call. yeah. It was a phone call to one of my best friends who I'd worked with A single with phone call. A single phone call. A and single I said, phone call. I literally said, are you ready to do this? Yeah, I said, you know, are we ready to do this? I love and, it. And his answer was kind of along the, well, what else are we going to do? So, you know, and, and that was it. But there's there's other God things that, that went in there. Um, let, let me back you up, and I'm, I'm going to give you about a 20-year a, a walk through God things. Okay, okay let's do we it. we do that? We can do um, that. When I was in high school, we're going to go back there, the 80s, long before you ever thought of it. Um, <laughs> I wasn't born yet. <laughs> I, uh, as, as most high school kids, I had no earthly idea what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. The school I went to had, we'll call it job training. There was some big fancy school name for it. But along with your regular studies, you you followed a job path. 
mm-hmm. that it would help you go forward. Kind of like a career tech academy yeah. program now Basically. that they do or STEM. Um, my freshman year, I needed to pick what one I wanted to go because, you know, at 15, you know what you want to do with your life. Um, but And I decided I wanted to do drafting, mechanical drawing. And I did that in the extra classes in high school for one year and figured out that I am so bad at math <laughs> that that was just not going to happen. Love it. Um, so I had to make an emergency change. And, um, one of the other career paths that they went through was they called it an emphasis in film and photography. Emphasis. I like the emphasis on film. Let's go back. This is, we're talking 82. Right. So this is still, you're shooting film. You're still physically cutting film. You're, you know, right, taking, there's not an iPhone 12 no, taking it. No, 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 no. Here, we're going to drag these um, together and edit the, the video. So I thought that sounded, uh, well, the other end of that is a friend of mine was taking it and said, um, if you take the if you do this, then two or three times during the year, you can sign out of all of your classes for a week to shoot a movie. And I'm thinking, oh, I can get out of class. This Heck, is, yeah, that's this the best one yet. Yeah. Um, so I, I went that way, and I met a lady that she has passed now. Uh, if I could hug her, I would. Uh, her name was Jo Smelzer, and she taught photography and film mm-hmm. at the school. She was this, oh gosh, she was she was older than God then. Uh, little <laughs> skinny, gray-haired lady, just, just out there. Um, and she challenged us. She said, if you're going to do movies, if you're going to do film, you have to figure out how to do something nobody else has ever done. She said, so I want you, I went to to the class, she said, I want you to, for your first project, is show me something I've never seen before. And I bet she's seen it all. I bet she had seen it all. I'm a smart aleck redneck high school kid. I'm thinking, okay, I can get her. Mm -hmm. I grew up on a farm. Yeah. We killed hogs every year. Right. Okay. Well, it was getting close to that time. So I took my little eight millimeter camera and I shot 20 minutes of the bloodiest, nastiest footage you have ever seen. If it was bleeding, I was in. If it was getting shot, I was in there. And I did it just to see if I could make her go, no, 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 that's not. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm all into myself. I'm good. Yeah. I take it in there and I handed it to her and she came back the next day and she said, that was amazing. Let's make this work. And I'm not fall out. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Uh, and, but we did. And, Accidental and success. Over the next month, we edited that down from 20 minutes to about eight and a half. Wow. Showing the steps of how to do pork preparation yeah. on the farm. Um, she said, we need a soundtrack. Because at this point, we weren't shooting sound on film. Right. So she was thinking, we just did some music go behind it. Um, I had my Uncle Robert, who was, gosh, late 70s at that point. No, no teeth in his mouth. Um, so I went over to his house and I set a microphone and a cassette recorder up in front of him and I said Uncle Robert I did this movie on hog killing and uh, I said I want you to just watch it and tell me what you're seeing he said well you want me to watch it son I said no I don't want you to see it ahead of time I said I'm going to start it you just walk me through it Mm -hmm. and bless his heart he got excited (laughs) and he's sitting there going oh 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 oh, that looks like that's a that's a you know 22 caliber rifle that he's carrying there and and oh here comes the pig now they run them up into that chute so that they can shoot them without it really hurting i mean they, 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 right. he's just going through it and, and my uncle who was <laughs> going to shot the pig and uncle was oh oh he got him right between that <laughs> so anyway, i this, love it i've got this great old man with no teeth talking oh about it i put bluegrass gosh. music behind it and um 
I, I want to almost see this. I, I still I still have the film. I don't have the soundtrack anymore. Oh but, no! Um, I won the Tennessee State High School Film Competition, and I got an honorable mission on the national level. Wow! Out of that, and that sparked it. That was it. But what sparked it, and again, this goes back to a God thing, because I think you're led to meet people. Oh, yeah. What sparked it was a crazy old lady teacher who would not get offended when I tried to offend her by showing her something disgusting. Yeah. And took me aside and said, let's make it work. Well, and then you're sitting here going, well, shoot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that didn't maybe, work, but it worked. <laughs> maybe this will work. Um, and so I decided at that point that I wanted to go to film school. The closest film school was Western Kentucky University. Um, that didn't work out. Right. Just out-of-state tuition and, and a few Expensive. things. That didn't work out. Right. So I settled to go to Middle Tennessee State University and study TV. Mm-hmm. Um, while I was there, I was also playing music. I was in a rock and roll band. So I took the five-year path of sleeping through most of my classes and doing what rock and roll people do at night. And taking that extra year for, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I got through it. I graduated, and I couldn't get a job. Could not get a job. That's how um, it usually goes. <laughs> I was I was working at an, at an O'Charlie's, cooking, not very well, um, <laughs> and went back to visit the campus, and I ran into my advisor, and I said, I can't get a job. I said, why did I go to school for five years? If you, you know, can't get a job in your profession. And he sat me down. He said, what made you think you were going to get a job? I said, I got the education. He said, well, yeah. He said, but that doesn't guarantee you a job. You've got to make the education work for you. Right. They're not going to come knock on your door. That's right. And again, that pinged something. Yep. So I started digging and I started digging. Uh, and I ended up at a um, independent TV station here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And one of those little UHF. Back when UHF the hole could in, only have, yeah the hole in the wall TV stations yeah. with one room that that certifies as everything the the room exactly. the filming <laughs> all um, of those I ended up there I worked for eight months and was laid off because the station went out of business so I'm Man. thinking mm, okay I left there and I started working in a cassette manufacturing company printing mm-hmm. the outsides of cassette tapes you want a boring job sit at a printer watching cassette tapes go buy it. Um, <laughs> And uh, oh, I, I was sitting there one day, and you know the people that I worked with, most of who never even got out of high school, you know they're poking at me, college boy over here. And one of them came up to me with a newspaper, and he said, um, "Wasn't I think it was WXMT TV?" He said, "Wasn't that who you used to work for?" And I said, "Yeah." He put the paper down. He said, "They're going back on the air." Well, okay, so I made the call, and I ended up being one of the few people in history to ever get called back from a layoff. Wow. Um, but again, why was I in a cassette manufacturing place doing something that boring? Why did this person happen to have that? Happen to have that paper you know, you can with call it that coincidence. headline. You can call right. it God looking out for you. I tend to go for the second one. I do too. Um, and I ended up back at, at WXMT. I was there for eight and a half years. And it was a small TV station. There were four of us in the production. Wow. And we had to do everything. From master control where you air the programming to running the studio to writing spots. But what an experience, though, that made you that accessory producer and TV guru. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And while I was there, God thing number 14 at this point. um, (laughs) That's good. My wife, who had been trying to find a job that she liked, Mm -hmm. she had been bouncing around a little bit. We were scraping by. 
somehow, and I don't know how, managed to start working in the governor's office in his mail division. Mm-hmm. Not down in the mail room. She was one of two or three people that actually read his mail. Oh. And filtered it. Right. This is what the governor actually needs to see. This is who we send to the people that fake the governor's signature that they can make people think the governor actually saw it. This are the crazy people. This is the trash. Right. But it was a well-paying job. Right. And after eight years and the guy that owned that channel was not a nice person. Um, we won't even go into that. He was not a nice person. Um, I was ready to go. Yeah. And a friend of mine at the NBC affiliate who had left channel 30 called me and said, um, I don't know if you're interested, but there's a part-time master control job open. Mine. And I I jumped. (laughs) I could only have done that though, because my wife had moved into a better paying position. Right. Um, thank you God. Yes, exactly. The thank you God moment. I took that job and I learned a really good lesson mm-hmm. then that, that I will share with everybody because it's a joke saying that people do, but it's true. Mm-hmm. There's an old saying that says, fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm in the NBC affiliate. I'm in the top station in Nashville at the time. Right. I've got a little touch of this, a little touch of that experience from, cha- from the other channel. Right. Um, so after six months of working overnights in a master control unit, an audio engineering position came open. And I put my name in. I had done a little bit. Yeah, I had mixed just for, enough. I'd mixed for some bands in college. Yeah. Our studio had a three-track board in it at the old station. That's I'm, not hard. Yeah, there no, we go. Yeah. yeah. And this is a network television doing <laughs> Major network six television. hours of live TV a day, live bands <laughs> oh going. And I walked into the production manager's office and he said, so you know how to do audio? I went, yep, I, I do. Sure. And he said, okay, well, we would rather promote from within, so let's give you a shot. I panicked. That was I a Friday for two days. I'm just, oh, Brooke, my wife, Brooke, what am I going to do? Um, but, you know, again, God comes in. Right. I was I was given to a guy named Bob Ulrich, mm-hmm. who they, they called him Gnome, um, to Gnome. train. And they called him Gnome because he was, at the time, he was 63. If he was five feet tall, he was pushing it. Long gray hair and the grumpiest old human being you've ever met in your life. <laughs> Just a character you could not write in a story. Right. Um, and he and I became friends. And wow. after the first day, he looked at me, and I won't say exactly what he said, but he said, basically, you don't know crap. And I said, no, I don't. And he said, well, they don't need to know that. Right. And for two weeks, he gave me the most intense audio training I've ever had in my life. Wow. And I did that job for eight years. I mean, for four years. For four years. What? I, what? What? <laughs> The most unlikely of people, too. Nobody liked him. Yeah. Nobody liked him, and yet he's this book of knowledge that just gave you your promotion within. But he was a book of knowledge that I met when he was 63. When he was in his 40s, he was the audio engineer for the Johnny Cash TV show. Got written up in Billboard as the only man in the country that can get decent audio sound out of a two-inch TV speaker. He had His resume was massive. But he had had a hard home life. Yeah. He was divorced. His kids didn't talk to him. He drank too much. And it had turned him into this bitter old man. Yeah. But I loved him. <laughs> and he, I could get him to tell me stories and That's... just sit there enthralled of this stuff. And we developed this friendship. And But wow. he taught me how to be an audio engineer after I flat out lied and said I could do it. <laughs> 
that fake it till you make it, man. Exactly. You um, make it together is did. how that is. <laughs> uh, so I, I did morning audio for the longest time, and then Bob retired. Mm-hmm. Bob was thrilled. Bless his heart. I have never seen a happier man. He camped. He wanted to go camping. Oh, I love so that's it. it. I'm going to retire. I'm going to go get in my camper. I'm going out to the campground. I'm going to have the best life I know how to live. He was dead two weeks later. Oh, my goodness. He got home, and he had worked his whole life, and he didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to and do. he drank himself to death in two weeks. Oh, my goodness. You That's know, insane. I know. And it's just... And, and that there's a lesson there. Don't yeah. live your work. Right. You know, <laughs> right. But, um, right. Love what you do, but don't make it to where when you do retire, you can still enjoy that exactly. time. There's a little less of it here and right. there. <laughs> right. But uh, Bless yeah, it. So that, I'm just telling you my whole life story. Um, no, that's great. That This is what this is about. Know, I learned my way through through audio. I knew a little bit about making pretty pictures from high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a little bit of still photography work just for the fun of it. Right. Um, but that getting to work at three o'clock in the morning and working to one in the afternoon was getting kind of hard. With that's tough. Two kids under 10 at that point, And my wife's getting kind of tired. <laughs> you know, it was a thing. I'm um, When I was on air at six in the morning, getting up at three and just doing it and, you know, it me being single, it, it wears you out it quick. You out. Um, so a position came open in their commercial production department. And I, it was the same supervisor over the two departments. So I went to Vernon, Vernon <laughs> Reed, one of the sweetest men I ever met in my life. And uh, I said, Vernon, I said, I need out audio. I said, let me move over here. He said, "Do you have you done commercials? I'm like, yeah, sure I have, Vernon. Like, Absolutely. Don't be questioning I me I write this. all the time. I, yeah. <laughs> he said, well, there's actually two positions. He said, um, I'm, I'm going to give one of them to Michelle, who was another audio engineer. We all wanted out. Um, he said, but there's a part-time, uh, not a part-time, he said, it's, it's a split job. You would stay in audio some, you would do studio camera work and lighting some, and then about half the time you would do commercial production. I waltzed into it, and yeah. I, I went from being one of four. Uh, the, the way the TV business works um, is it's not good for anybody. Um, when I went into audio, to commercial production, I would write the commercials, I would then... Go out with a cameraman, oversee the shoots. Then I would sit in with an editor, oversee the edit. Edits, yep. Within four years, I was writing the spots, driving the van, shooting them myself, by myself, coming back, editing them. I would do the voiceover work, take the final spot down to master control, put it in the system, and make sure it got on air. There you go. Because they were just downsized, downsized, Downsizing everything, yeah. Um, And so at the end of what would have been the beginning of my 15th year, I was the only person out of a group. There were four. I was the only person still doing it. Wow. And I, God has his time. Right. Um, part of the reason I believe I was let go and I probably deserved it, but um, <laughs> they found they, out, they found out, no. <laughs> uh, they brought in a new manager, production manager who was over me. And uh, one day he comes in, he says, uh, so mad it still makes me mad to think about it. he calls in he says um i need to see and approve all of your commercials before they go to the clients huh okay i said well, yeah, i've been doing this a long time uh, it's it's just quality control we need to mm-hmm. i need to see them okay you're the boss so i would send them to him and a few days later he'd go okay send them send them on um so i started getting calls from clients going 
why are my why are my commercials running before I saw them? I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, this morning on the morning show, my com- I've never seen my commercial, and you know the the email address is wrong. I never. I said, I'm sorry. I said I was about to send you that for a. He said, I went down to the boss office. I and he, and he looked at me. He goes, Well, yeah. When you sent them to me, if I thought they were all right, I'm putting them on the air. We got to keep the revenue. We've got to get the rep. And I'm like, no, oh. you're you're sending them before the clients. And he looked at me. He leaned over his desk. Big guy. He leaned over his desk. He goes, you know, if you could do your job right, we wouldn't have to worry about clients, of client approval. I said, how long have you worked in TV? I said, there are people that will change things just to show you that they have the power to change them. Uh-huh. You don't send stuff out without client approval. Did he last long? <laughs> he lasted longer than I did. <laughs> oh it was God. about two weeks later, mm-hmm. I was out the door. They, they fired me and the front desk secretary on the same day. That is ridiculous. And I think it was because I ticked him off. Jeez. I called him on his game. I didn't. Sometimes, yeah. you know, though, you almost have to because you know you're right at the end of the day. Right. But then also... That God timing thing again. It's like, okay, you had your say. You're right. Now let's get to what really right. what we're going to be doing is the real work. Yeah, I, th- so, I think I think God led me to the point that mm-hmm. I was so fed up that I wouldn't not say something. Right. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's funny. So you're talking about shoot going out shooting and all this. This is a little fun fact here. Um, so. I have some experience back in TV and film, and that was actually part of my college curriculum in my communications class. And one of the gentlemen that I took from was a, I mean, well-known anchor at one of the local TV stations at, you know, they're now owned by Raycom and all of this. Mm -hmm. Um, But super, super, just kind of like you, a, a, a jack of all trades, new just enough about everything that if you came to him with a question, he's going to be able to help you and get you through this. And I remember we went out and it was a TV production class and we went out, we had to film a, a, you know, fun interview section and stuff and do a story. And I had so much fun because I came back in and he knew me from the music side of things. So the fact that I was in his class, he was excited. And the fact I was in his class, I was excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm learning from someone who's been in the business for, you know, 40 something years. And I brought in my commercial and he's like, have you done this before? And I said, "Uh, no, I just, I I shot this with my Nikon camera Mm -hmm. and had a tripod and my, you know, uh, little telescopic microphone here nothing expensive no lav mics no you know da, 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 da. and he's like it looks like you went out and took one of the main cameras and did it and I'm like well that's great thank you I appreciate you the compliment and so my point to that being is that little bit you did here that little bit you did there what you picked up along the way in audio in master control everything else added up to this point in your life where you've got your own company that's successful beyond measure and you're you get to <laughs> you get to talk with all these amazing people and, and do these projects absolutely and, and, and again going back going back to the god thing i know me i'm right. not good enough to have gotten to where i'm got on my own right you know that's you can call it pure luck you can call it coincidence i don't right I don't. Well, the thing is, too, is, uh, you know, really, in the end of the day, do we all deserve where we are? Some of us would say, yeah, depending upon where you're sitting. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like everything that I've been blessed to do in my life, it's like, did I really deserve it? Probably not. Mm -hmm. But, oh, my goodness. Am I glad that, you know, grace of God can say, here we go. And 
here's this. I'm going to give you these opportunities. It's up to you to make something happen mm-hmm. out of them. And I just, I love the fact that, sh- that you've done that. Um, golly, look at the time. We're <laughs> real quick because uh, we're, we're running a little over here, but that's okay. Um, I want everybody to go check you out on Facebook, check out some of your work. Sure. And then also, I know you guys have some projects that are on different uh, streaming stations, all of that. Tell everyone how they can go find those. Okay. Uh, if you want to find us on Facebook, it is Pinkerton Productions, Pinkerton mm-hmm. Productions on Facebook. Uh, my website is currently down, so don't look there. Don't you go won't to the website. Got it. Uh, but yeah, you can find me at Pinkerton Productions or Vince Pinkerton on Facebook. There's there's examples of stuff up there. Uh, things we have going on. Oh my goodness. Uh, the big one is the entertainment television streaming service. Okay. Entertainment television. Um, you can go to etv.tv. It's free. Mm-hmm. There's somewhere around 8,000 hours of entertainment up there. Between nice. our originally produced stuff, we also have a ton of classic movies, TV shows, um, stuff that shows from our providers, what we call them, gospel music programming, live music programming, uh, cooking. I mean, pretty much a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. And it's, and it's all free, which, Love it. which is fun. Um, no, no commercials either at this point. Nice. Um, at some point, we may start doing a little bit of revenue building with a, a short commercial at the beginning of each program, but right. it will never be commercial interrupted. That's just right. something we don't want to do. That's annoying sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's out there. Uh, you can watch for Pearly's Place on RFD Network. Myron, what time is Pearly's Place on RFD Network? <laughs> ah, got him. Uh, I believe I believe Central Time, it's, it's Saturdays at 5.30. Okay. Um, I think that's right. Throw uh, him under the spot. I just make them. I don't, I don't put them up there. Um, but that's out there. Um, Cheyenne Country is still in syndication at some channels. They're Love still it. showing the old. So those are out there mostly on Christian networks. Uh, so that's the biggest part of it. Um, I do want to, uh, real quick, um, ask folks to go check out a website called studyjesus.com. It is a 5013C charitable organization that I sit on the board with along with Harrison Tyner. Uh, at one point when it started in the, in the early days of the internet, it was the largest print website on the internet. I'm, I'm sure wow. we have been surpassed at this point, but still, but it is, it, it is a storehouse for, for, um, how do you put this? Well, it's a, it's a storehouse for Bible study. Nice. But what the producers have done is they have made a point to make sure that there is no denominational bend to it. It is straight Bible study. Nice. Looking what we need the Bible a lot of says. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just just what the Bible says, how it says it. Um, one of our guys has spent the last fifty years of his life rewriting the Bible into plain language. Most of that is up there. There's children's stuff. So I really just want to put a plug in for yeah. that. Uh, that is another God thing. They started that long before. I've only been on the board about four years. Um, they started that back in the early 90s. And at one point, they were breaking over a million hits a year, individual hits a year. Wow. Um, they're getting Japan, China, Russia. I mean, it's it's just Ooh, reached just out like crazy. I know. <laughs> that's crazy. I know. And that's with no advertisement. That's with no nothing. Wow. Other than just word of mouth and things like this where we talked about. So, so that's studyjesus.com. Go check study that out. Studyjesus.com. And etv.tv or entertainment TV on Roku, Amazon Fire, or 
Apple TV. Well, there we, there we go. go. Get them all in Bring at once. Bring the voiceover thing back into it. Yes. So. Vince, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Well, thanks today. for having me. This has been fun. Well, we'll have to do it again. Anytime. And maybe next time we'll have to get us, we may have to get a group session together of like Myra and you, HT, maybe get Bill in on one of That'd them. That'd be great. And we'll just have a powwow session and talk about good stories and yeah. just have a good time, have a well, cup of coffee. You, you've talked to me and Myra and you know our background. The other two guys make us look like amateurs um so it would be a fun conversation well anyone catching their dream is not amateurs by any means they're just someone who i believe is going for what god has told them to do so i hope so that is that's what we hope and pray for well that is awesome well folks you have been listening to another podcast episode with the be a dream catcher podcast i'm your host jesse lynn make sure you catch us on the next episode and we'll see you guys on down the trail